Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. How can today's book lover decide what to read? With a vast array of choices, what to choose? Professor Jim Flynn is a world-renowned expert on intelligence and IQ and believes that reading gives you a deeper understanding of the world. He scoured the globe looking for the pearls by today's authors. You'll be surprised, delighted, you'll be outraged. But that's the magic of a book list. I'm Wallace Chapman, and in this 10-part series, I go in search of the best modern authors with Jim Flynn. Welcome to the new Torchlight List. This episode, we are focusing on the United Kingdom. And Jim, let's start with an author that you believe is perhaps the greatest novelist in a generation. This is Katsu Ishiguro. That's right. I you, think, you love him. I think his style is sublime. I first encountered Ishiguro when I read the book Once We Were Orphans. And the first two-thirds of that book, I considered it an absolute masterpiece. Now, the last third strains coincidence a bit. You know, he goes back to China to find his mother, and he happens to run into a boyhood friend who happens to be there fighting for the Japanese. But even so, the style is just wonderful. It's a wonderful book. And then I started reading some of Ishiguro's other book, and, of course, Remains of the Day, that was made into a film. I love it. It's I a love, great book. I love the movie. And also, it's such an intelligent book. You know, the discussion of how these appeasers thought about Hitler before World War II, and the relationship between the Lord. You know, he served a Lord, and his life had significance because he was the servant <laughs> of a great man. And then as time went on, the great man was listed as an appeaser. And then the book, he looks over his past life, and he keeps trying to convince himself that this was just a trick of history, that the, the Lord really was a great man. And there's that wonderful scene where the Lord has him in with his mates around him to illustrate the stupidity of the average man. And they question him about economics and so on. And afterwards, the Lord apologizes to him and says, you know, I was drunk. I didn't really mean to humiliate you like that. There are just wonderful incidents in it. This, I mean, you really rate this guy. You say his work is going to make him one of the few novelists writing today who will be read throughout this century. Now, I should warn you, his last two novels are a come down. <laughs> uh, but he's written so many good ones before that. You know, a, a Pale History of the Hills, An Artist of the Floating World. Wonderful novels about Japan. All right, now I'm going to tell you one of my favourites. Forget you. Uh, and this is On Chisel Beach by ah, yes. Ian McEwan. Now, this was shortlisted for the Booker Prize. Uh, it's a desperately sad book. It's a little book, Jim. Tell yes. us about it. Uh, the reason, you know, I, I don't hold as high opinion of McEwan as many do, but that's a wonderful book. And the reason I don't is that when I read McEwan's book, there are a multiplicity of characters, and one or two of them don't ring true. 
But in this book, there are just two characters, and boy, do they ring true. Briefly about it, they meet on a beach. They, they meet on a beach. They... Uh, well, they they actually, they are engaged to be married, but they're sexually naive. Mm. And, of course, uh, there's an incident in the wedding night where he... It's too sad. It's sad. And then she flees the room and goes out on the beach. But they're both done beautifully, and there's a little potted history of England since the war. After they break up, he goes through various phases of trying to be hip and trying to be this and that. And that thumbnail summary of England since the war is a wonderful thing. Now, Saturday is a very good novel. I didn't like that as much, quite Did, frankly. I didn't no, like you, it as much no. as Chisel Beach, but it, uh, it's flawed again. The chief character in Saturday goes into endless moralizing about the fact that when he was about to be beaten up and crippled by two goons, he saw that one of them suffered from a medical complaint and debased his medical ethics by calling his attention to it. Well, I would have gone a lot further than that rather than have my kneecaps broken. And throughout the book, he's always moaning about how he compromised his ethical principles. Uh, the daughter, I think, is a better character than he is. Mm. She strikes you as a much more now, plausible. another person in this uh, chapter, United Kingdom, in this episode, I've just finished this, and that is Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall. I... Loved it. Yes, I did, did too. Did you, did you enjoy it? I thought Thomas Cromwell was very artfully portrayed as a man who thought he was responsible, but responsibility meant doing the king's bidding. And some of the interviews he had with people who were later executed for taking liberty with Henry VIII's wives are masterpieces. Now, I don't find her style as good as Ishiguro's. She tends to have a bit of machine gun in her sentences. You know, short phrases interconnected. That's what makes her better. You see, I love a style that flows and is like poetry. Her style is a bit more staccato, but it's good. It's a very good book. There's no doubt that Mantell's bringing up the bodies is good. And I also think that she catches Henry VIII, who is really a gigantic baby who had been convinced from birth that the world ought to answer to whatever he wanted. And he was an intelligent man, but then when he got frustrated with wives and wanted an heir, well, you know, why didn't the Pope annul the marriage? Why didn't everything suit him? So I thought the portrayal of character mm. in that novel was better than the first novel. Mm. Looking at the United Kingdom in this episode, and you devote perhaps more pages to the next uh, author than anyone else uh, in uh, the new Torchlight list, and this is V.S. Naipaul. Yeah. You love him. I, I, it's interesting to he's note. He's a Trinidad-born travel writer and novelist, and he's lived in the U.K., excuse me, Jim, for, the, for most of his life. The, the first book I read by him was not a novel. It was The Middle Passage. And The Middle Passage, of course, was the West Indies, and he's referring to the slave trade. The Northern Passage took slaves to Virginia. The Southern Passage took them to Brazil. The Middle Passage to Trinidad. And uh, uh, sometimes he says he has a dream about being in hell, and he realizes he's dreaming about Trinidad. <laughs> and the, his description of the Rastafari is wonderful. Mm -hmm. This group who has a theology which is based loosely on the Bible and occasional stray copies of the New York Times that come into their possession. And you recall they consider Prince Philip the reincarnation of Philip IV of Spain and Queen Elizabeth the reincarnation of Elizabeth I. And, of course, England is uh, essentially the devil. And uh, the savior was Haile Selassie of Ethiopia. They were unaware that he actually had slaves. 
and uh, it's a, a wonderful pastiche of how they think about the world. He wrote 14 novels. Some of a, these a, are and, very good. Yeah, and you've starred 10 of them as worth reading, and you say you rank Naipaul among the elite writers of our time. So, Not 10 of his novels. Right. A lot of those are travel works. Yeah. I, okay, so, so for the newcomer, listen to this, what is a good starting point. With I this. would read of his travel writings, The Middle Passage, and of the novels, I would start with Bend in the River. Uh, I don't think his novels are quite up to his travel writing, but partially that's because his travel writing is so great. His books on India and his books on the Muslim world, these are classics. Um, there's something I want you to note. And that is when I'm listing contemporary British authors who are outstanding, these two are hardly very British. That is, Naipaul was born in the West Indies, and he writes in English, and of course Ishiguro is of Japanese origin. They, they write in English and they write beautifully, but they weren't conditioned by British schools. So is there a quintessentially English author? What about what A.S. About Byatt? Do you like Byatt? Yes, I do. Really? I, yes, I do. I and find and I, I was so disappointed that you deflated A.S. Byatt. So disappointed because she's listed as the 50th greatest British author and you don't like her much. Well, I haven't read her early novels. I read her later ones and people tell me that I would like the earlier ones better. The ones that I read... She's so profound. Well, she writes for other writers. No. In uh, my opinion. No. In my, in my opinion, she writes for other... I mean, take about the chapters all devoted to the life of insects. I mean, do we really want the reader to hear two chapters about what she thinks about the social insects? And one of her books I enjoyed tremendously, but I wouldn't turn the average person loose on it. It's a spoof on postmodernism. And it's a hilarious spoof on postmodernism, these clowns at universities who seem to be pretentious by going to conferences and giving papers on deconstructing the Freudian aspects of Huckleberry Finn and stuff of this sort. And it's a wonderful thing. For me, I couldn't get enough of it. But I was imagining the typical young person I'm turning on to reading and his having to enjoy page after page of her sending up feminist authors, you know. that. No, I really enjoyed uh, A.S. Byatt, but you've got Ruth Rendell in here. What on earth Who is... Who do Ru I have? Oh, Ruth Rendell. Barbara Vine. Yeah. What on earth is she doing in this Well, um, list? I, I don't despise people just because they write in the detective genre. I mean, Barbara Vine, of course, wrote novels other than detective novels, and I thought some of these were pretty good. And she's a very superior writer of fiction. I, I mean, I mentioned under America Dashiell Hammett. I mean, Dashiell we'll Hammett, yeah, yeah, he could write. And uh, you, you don't want to jettison these people merely because they condescended to be popular. Uh, look at Somerset Maugham. I mean, he's of the previous generation, but some of his books are wonderful, and yet he sneered at today. He didn't write for other writers. He doesn't have endless series of consciousness. He didn't practice magic realism. He didn't <laughs> muse about time and death. I mean, the way to make death come alive for a person is to write a novel about a person who is going through decline into dying. It's not to write a whole chapter which says death is the great vivisector, God is the worst person in the world, but blah, Ruth, blah, blah. But Ruth Rendell, would you recommend me to read a Ruth Rendell book? 
I think almost any book of Ruth Rendell's they sample will be a good book. I would never list her as an outstanding author. When I rank authors at the end, I think I rank her as, you know, uh, someone who didn't quite measure up. But I would certainly, if I had a choice between turning an 18-year-old onto a book, I would choose Ruth Rendell over by it. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind about that. Now, if I had to turn on a colleague who had learned to hate postmodernism, well, then I wouldn't recommend Ruth Rendell. Now, I would recommend Byatt. Let's touch on, before we uh, move along, a wonderful writer. I, can, I think we can both agree on this, and that is Sebastian Fawkes. He's a uh, very, I think he's superior to McEwen. Yeah. Not, not by a long drop, but yeah, I'd agree. Birdsong oh. is one of the best novels I've ever read. I, I, I was... I was Oh, come on, high fives. Yes, there we go. Yeah, Birdsong yes, was great. I, I was actually, that book, Birdsong, gave me the chills. And for those who don't know, this tells of the terrible conditions of trenches in the First World War. And it's very, very hard to capture that essence of war oh, uh, in a book. One of, the, one of the Irish writers captures it. And, of course, all quiet on the Western Front. But it belongs right up there, Paths of Glory. It's one of the great First World War novels. And you remember the most touching scene is when the granddaughter goes back to the trenches and she goes to the south of France, and she sees these acres of carving of names. And she asks the caretaker, who are these? Are these the people who died in this battle? And he says, they're just the ones that were lost, whose corpses we couldn't find. And she's stunned and has to sit down. And he, she says, from the whole war? And he says, no, just from these fields. And she says, my God, I never knew, I never knew. It's a wonder, but has he ever matched Birdsong since, in your opinion? No, he hasn't. That's what is disturbing, isn't it? He, I kept thinking, where is the next great novel? They're all good. I mean, I, don't, I like his novels. I do recommend them. But only twice has he come close mm. to it. And one was Fatal Englishman, which is not a novel, but is wonderful biography about three Englishmen who died young in various circumstances. Yeah. And the other is a recent novel. Now, it is the one that's really four vignettes. It's called something like People. All right, you can read it on the new Torchlight list. But next episode, uh, The Books of Ireland. Such a legacy. Yates, James Joyce, George Bernard Shaw, Oscar Wilde. But do the new authors stack up? Give us one name. Well, I would say Banville is one name that does stack up. Stay listening. The new Torchlight List with Professor Jim Flynn scouring the globe looking for the pearls by today's authors with me, Wallace Chapman. The new Torchlight List was produced by Christine Sesford and recorded by Jeremy Veal. And if you enjoyed it, please write us a review or rate us on iTunes. And while you're there, check out and subscribe to any of the other great RNZ podcasts. There are plenty to choose from. Thanks for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.